Hello, and welcome to a special Wednesday episode of Pageants and Prosecco. I am so excited to get started. We are starting a little bit late. My sister was making some lamb chops, and I had to get my hands on some before I went live with the broadcast. And let me go ahead and, as usual, oh, I was looking for my cup, and it's right here. I am still sipping on the same thing I had last time when I was talking to Derek last week, which is my box wine. My oak leaf, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes, no, I like it right over here. And I'll go ahead and fill it up as I introduce you guys to our guests for this week's episode. Hold on one second, let me get a nice little amount. <laughs> so today I have one of my pageant sisters on the broadcast. And I'm so excited because I haven't talked to her since um, we competed together in 2016 at Miss Black USA. And that is Toniel Simone Wackis. She is the reigning Miss Planet Jamaica and is a former Miss Supranational Jamaica in 2018. And she won the national title of Miss Black USA in 2016. She is a professional actress, a Latin ballroom dancer, and a published model. Toniel has traveled the world with her philanthropic initiative, Learn for Life, promoting the arts to and education as a means to eradicate poverty. You can follow Tanil's journey to Cambodia to compete in the Miss Planet International pageant later this year on her Instagram, Tanil Watkins. So let's go ahead and give a nice cheers to my pageant sister, Tanil. Cheers. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Girl, I appreciate you coming on last minute. I wanted to do these on Wednesdays and I had... You know, someone must dropped out, but I know I can always rely on my pageant sisters to be there for me when I need them. Absolutely, definitely. And this you is great timing. Well. <laughs> Thank you. I'm actually oh. just coming from work right now, so I was like, "Oh, good. I didn't look a mess going to work. Like I, I, I really tried to, you know, look a little polished today, so it, it helped. It works. You look so natural. Like you look gorgeous. Thank you. What are you uh, sipping on? Um, actually, this is um, Manischewitz grape. <laughs> um, yes, I, I guess that's just what I was in the mood for. So, yes, I grabbed it. <laughs> is it sweet? It is sweet. Yeah, and I do like more sweet wines. I'm usually more of like a red or even a rosé um, kind of person, but um, Manischewitz, even though it's darker, it does taste it tastes good. What is it called, Manischewitz? Manischewitz. Um, it's actually the wine that they often use it for communion. So it's like communion wine. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it's just it just happened to be what I had at the house. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I always enjoy having people sip along with me as we have a conversation and talk. It's nice to catch up with you. I'm so excited. Same here. So let's just get started. For one, so we competed together at Miss Black USA in 2016. And you won. Congratulations, obviously, on order. Thank you. Connecticut. Um, tell me about what it took for you. What? How did your pageant journey begin? And what how, What did it take for you to get to the Miss Black USA stage? Um, so I, I started pageants when I was six years old. And I, I didn't even do that very many. I wasn't very consistent with it. It was something we tried. My dance school... Um, was connected to a local pageant. Um, I live in the Hartford area. Um, it was the Little Miss Hart pageant. Um, 
And so, you know, I, I did that pageant and I got first runner up and I promise you, we didn't know what we were doing as far as preparing for a pageant. Um, and then I took a really long break. I didn't do a pageant again until I was 18. And really that, that pageant was more like a rite of passage thing for, for you know, young West Indian women in my area. It was called Miss West Indian. And so I did Miss West Indian. And um, once again, I placed um, and I was third runner up. And I got a, I did get a, a cash scholarship from that, which was great. And so that's really all I thought of pageantry as being just, you know, a way to get cash scholarships. So later on after college, I went on, I did uh, Miss Caribbean United States because I was like, OK, they're offering more cash this time. And so I want to do it. Um, you know, I was living in New York at the time. It was rough. So I did it and um, I placed first runner up there and I did receive the cash prize. But this time it was a different experience experience for me. Like that was the first time I really had an incredible experience um, competing in a pageant. It was my first national pageant and only my third pageant overall. And just to know that I, I placed first runner up um, was just incredible because I was like, wow, like I did something that I never even thought I could do or was possible. Um, so that's what really led me to Miss Black USA. After that, I was like, I was so close. Like, I'm sure I could go on and um, prepare for this. And I only had three months of preparation for Miss Black USA. It was literally a few months after Caribbean wow. United States. Um, wow. Yeah, and I had I had three months of my reign. Um, and that was it. That was all I had to prepare, but I was really focused and really dedicated. and. Um, honestly, I think I grew a lot in those three months in, in the knowing who I am as a person and um, at least at the time. And I think that's what really, you know, helped me was just going and being so grounded. And the pageant was in August. So that means you spent the whole summer really preparing for that pageant. I did. I did. So I I prepared super hard. Um, you know, you know how it is. You prepare for pageants and you put in a lot of hours, weeks, months, you know what I mean? Eating pageant chicken and lettuce and like <laughs> really focusing on, you know, uh, preparing for all of the categories and, and things like that. But I mean, I don't know, you know, Aside from organization, I don't know what else really prepares you for the entire pageant week leading up to competition, aside from just knowing how to ground yourself. You know what I mean? I think that that was the best preparation for me. What were some of your techniques to help ground yourself? Like, did you, like, do you actually ground yourself by going outside and stepping on the grass? I know that's one way that people like that people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for myself, is. Especially at that time, it was um, being really like, I, I, I pray a lot. Um, I'm a Christian and I pray a lot. So for me, it was praying. Um, I did do some meditation. Um, I did, um, I, I had my moments of quiet time. So fortunately, when I was there, um, my roommate, shout out to Shanika. I love her. She's amazing. Um, she was my roommate. And so we just kind of understood the need for our own time in the mornings. And so that's what I had my own time in the morning. I get up super early and I just spend time with myself, connecting to myself, connecting to God in prayer and um, preparing myself with good intentions for the day. You know what I mean? And back then, like I didn't know what I would call it, but I guess you would call it like positive affirmations and things like that now. Um, 
So it was really, it was really helpful for me. And that was just to get me through an entire, what were, were we having 12, 16 hour days? Like it was to get yeah. you through the day, you know? Right. It was, it was intense. I actually reached out to Kanika um, today, Jessica Brown. Yes. Oh, I just saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over there in LA. I'm like, I need to interview you on my podcast next. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's doing her thing. So, so proud of Shanika. There was definitely some magic in that room, too. And I remember watching you guys late at night, like rehearsing the opening number in the basement of the hotel and yeah. I, like physically putting in the work. And it was like kind of cool because you guys are both like the same height. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys were like twins almost. I always saw you guys together. Mm-hmm. I, that's true. We got we got really tight. I feel like we just had a very um, good connection and a good bond. And, you know, I mean, it's fortunate. You're very fortunate when that happens. I can't say that everyone ends up absolutely, you know, um, connecting that way with your pageant roommate. I've had some great roommates over time, so I've never had any issues. But um, thankfully, but I will say that, um, you know, I guess she was like the most kindred spirit to mine of, of anybody I've ever roomed with. And funny enough, I remember um, we were asking each other's questions, like Q&A style questions. It was literally like the night before finals. And she asked me, um, one of the last questions she asked me that night actually ended up being my final question on the day of the pageant. Like we were just pulling random questions out of anywhere, anywhere we knew (laughs) <laughs> from and she yeah so like I I really did smile with my genuinely with my whole heart like when I answered that question because I was like oh my god my sister just asked me this question last night so it was a great feeling do you remember what the question was um I think it was something like um what what who do you like who do you most um who who inspires you most um, and why or something, something to that effect. And um, I think my answer was, well, I know my answer was Oprah Winfrey. And I talked about how we we experienced similar, similar things on our life journeys. And I'm inspired by the way that she, you know, she was able to turn turn her situation around and not be a product of of the things and that she struggled through. Um, so, but that, I mean, that was just, I was like, I don't know if that's a great coincidence. I don't know if that's, that was a gift from God. I don't know what it is, but it was awesome. And that was in 2016 and the national title. And so now you went to compete at Supernatural afterwards, representing Jamaica. Do you yes. have roots? Are you a first generation or were you born there? So I'm a first generation Um American. So my entire family is from Jamaica and I spent a lot of time in Jamaica. Jamaica has been my second home. Um, I don't just dabble there. Like since I was a kid, I would go and I would spend literally like a couple months every summer. Um, I would go for Christmases, even some Easter's. I would spend so much time in Jamaica um, really since I was a baby. I think I wasn't even maybe I was even younger than one the first time we went and we just kept going back every year. So I really have close family there and I I really do consider it my second home. Um, Later on as well, I did um, become a Jamaican citizen legitimately. Um, And so I do have dual citizenship. So I'm I'm actually a Jamaican, (laughs) Um, but to me, yeah. And that was, that was um, something that was awesome for me because to me, I don't think of it as like, you know, just, 
these are my my culture roots. I, every time I, I go back and I see, you know, where my family is from, they had very humble beginnings. Um, I know that when I was younger, like my my teachers and you know some kids I went to school with, they would think that you know I was going to hotels every time I went. Like, no, I was going to the country to go run up and down in bushes with goats and stuff. <laughs> like, so you know, I, I had a different experience. Um, I guess you could say a more authentic experience. Um, and sometimes I wasn't always happy about it. Like, I missed my middle school graduation because <laughs> we were going to Jamaica. So um, at the time. I wasn't happy. Now I, you know, I see it differently. But I know that I'm I'm very blessed and fortunate to be where I am every time I think about the experiences um, you know, that my family had growing up, or when I think about, you know, um their childhood home or the area where they grew up, there was no, you know, there was no electricity, um, there was no running water, there weren't bathrooms inside of your home. You went, you went to a an outhouse is what you call it here. You know what I mean? So when I, you know, from humble beginnings to where we are now is what reminds me that I want to be a contributing um, member of Jamaican society and be able to give back to the community where my family is from. Because if it weren't for my family coming he coming here, I would be there as well. And I know what it's like to, you know, be in that community and, and not really have um, all of the resources or the access to the resources that you need in order to be successful. Right. right. I don't really think about that either because I think of like Jamaica, it's the Caribbean, it's beaches, it's warm weather. Um, but you don't realize how like, you know, the poverty level there, like that's just a benefit is the ocean and the beach. But you don't realize that people are, are really like, like that's their everyday life. Yeah. Right. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. People there, no matter where they are, they will tell you Jamaica is paradise. There's yeah. nowhere yeah. where I can't go. You know, if this is my community and I can pick fruit off of a tree and I I've eaten for the day. You know what I mean? There are people who will who will, you know, gladly give to those in need, um, even when they themselves are in need. It's that type of community that uh, um, one of camaraderie, you know what I mean, that my family grew up in. Um, so that's one of the things I really love. Love, but it's really true. Like I think about it and, and how, you know, now that school is virtual for a lot of kids, there are a lot of kids who don't have access to the devices that they need. And so um, right now, that's something that I know that people are struggling with. Um, so I do know that the Consulate General, General of New York, for example, they're doing a um, the Consulate General of Jamaica in New York, they're doing a laptop drive right now. And so contributed to their laptop drive does help, um, you know, students in need across Jamaica be able to get the devices. Um, in particular, I'm looking into things like that for my mother's community because we don't know exactly exactly where they will be distributed. Um, but I know that it's definitely something that that um, is needed there. Wow. wow. That's that's impactful. I'm glad to um, learn about that. Are you working alongside there, or is this something you know about? Um, it's something I know. We've I've spoken with their office, um, so we're not um, officially in partnership. But I'm I'm a supporter. I mean, as as long as it's going, I know it's going to help. You know, the youth of Jamaica who need the access to these to these devices for in order just to have you know just to go to school. Of course, I'm going to support. Um, I'm Team Jamaica all the way. So. Um, I'm, I'm happy that they're doing it. It's definitely needed. I love to hear that. Um, so are both your parents from Jamaica? 
Yes, both of my parents are from Jamaica, um, and they're both actually from the same parish, Clarendon, which is, um, you know, about a couple hours away from Kingston. So the area um, where my mother's from especially is more like the rural, more hilly and country areas where there's pri primarily a lot of farming done there. Oh, gotcha. So being a first-generation um, American, I feel like a lot of people who are first-generations or who have immigrant parents, I guess it's the same thing. I feel like they're very successful. Um, and I, I could just be just looking at a select few, but I feel like a lot of first-generations are very successful in their careers, whether, and especially um, Black ones too, because it's like a, a lot of Nigerians are very successful. Do you think is something with, like, do you feel like an added pressure of your parents coming here to find American dream that pushes mm -hmm. you to be just as successful? Or do you think that you're successful because you saw where they came from? And since you're here, you're able to blossom and grow more. What do you think it is about first generations that makes them really successful when they get here? Um, I don't know. I think, at least in, in my case, I really think that, you know, um, I grew an overall just more of an appreciation for um, for my life and my opportunities, especially the opportunities that you know I had access to that I know I wouldn't necessarily have access to if I were you know where my my parents were coming from. Not to say that there are no opportunities there. That's not what I mean. But I do mean that um, I have much easier access to a lot of a lot of. Um, resources that wouldn't be the same if I were home, you know what I mean? And so I think that I just grew so much of an appreciation for it, that everything that came my way, I was excited to have. And I think that is something that a lot of first gens have, um, a lot of first gens may have in common because your parents, at least I know my, my family constantly instilled in me that, you know, you are fortunate to have these things. You are fortunate to have this opportunity. You're fortunate to have your choice of school to go to, you know, for example, things like that, I think definitely made me more appreciative. And so I put more of, um, my focus into, into my work because of that. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I actually I wonder if sometimes people hear, like I'm not a first generation. I don't even know what generation I am over here. Probably like seventh, who knows? But I feel like sometimes we take it, it for granted because mm -hmm. everything is just here, you know, like I'm a digital native, grew up on the internet. You know, mm -hmm. I expect some things. I had iPhone, you know, there's, you know, I did go to a public school. So it's like, I feel like sometimes we don't see or I don't see like what I could not have, you know, or just how fortunate I am. And I just wonder, like sometimes when I see first gens that's successful, I'm like, maybe it's there's a certain grounding that they have knowing that what they have here is like a better life than what they could have had, you know, and their parents try to push them. So I always just wonder um, if that's the case, because I do feel like a little spoiled and you forget how fortunate you are, you know, mm -hmm. being here. But I mean, also there's the, you know, we, we, we see, and we know that there are the less fortunate everywhere. You know what I mean? Um, and I can say that, you know, there are still even people that I, that I know or have seen in communities near mine, um, who are, who, you know, struggle with lack of resources just as much. Um, and, and so it's really, that's the balance of having two homes. It's caring and wanting to, 
um, invest in both and wanting to serve both communities. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that's been me my entire life trying to figure out the balance of serving two communities. I love that. What made you want to continue competing in a pageant world? Because typically when girls win a national title, they kind of retire at the highest level. And you went on to compete at Miss Supernatural. First, I want to know how that competition was. And then why did you decide to go ahead and compete again after you won Miss Black USA? Uh, Miss Supernational was an incredible experience. And honestly, I feel like uh, I just, I've always loved pageantry. And in particular, I've always loved Jamaican pageantry. Uh, maybe it's because my mom had roots herself as um, a pageant girl when she was in Jamaica and she never really got to go any further. She ended up moving to this country um, after college. But I think that that may have been part of it. We, it's just always been something that we loved. And so although I had, um, you know, I had my experience as Miss Black USA, um, when the opportunity came to enter Miss Supernational Jamaica, I was like, there's no way I'm not gonna enter this. And at the time they were doing, it was a virtual competition before virtual competitions became a thing. Cause you know, virtual competitions became a thing this past year because of COVID. Like they were doing virtual um, submissions from, from that time. Um, for 2018. And I had watched the reign of um, my sister queen, Nicole Stoddart. She was incredible. I watched her reign as Miss Jamaica Supernational before mine, the year before mine. And I was just so in awe of, of her and what she was doing and um, how amazing the experience seemed through her journey. And so when it came up that they were seeking virtually, um, I was, I, I couldn't not take the chance. And um, I know that they had, there were about 10 contestants um, all submitting virtually. And it was probably like a month long process for them to narrow it down or, or make the decision. Um, and then they finally made the decision and I couldn't believe that it was me because I won't lie at the time, I did not think that I could do it. You know, I just kind of stepped out on the limb. And I feel like that's kind of where I've been for most of my career in pageantry, to be honest. <laughs> just going out on a limb. I mean, you just have to try it. Yeah, what was, exactly. What was it like competing? Did you go to Poland, correct? Yes. So I went to Poland for, we were there for a month. What was yeah. that like? I always wonder what competing for a month is like. How did you stay physically sharp that entire time? Was it the same grounding principles? And how did you, how did you um, not gain weight from eating all of the Polish food? <laughs> It, it's funny, actually, I lost weight over the course of the competition um, because I had been hitting keto so hard. After after my reign as Miss Black USA, I had an entire year of doing nothing because I genuinely thought I was completely done competing. I promise you, I was like, I told everybody, I'm retired, I'm retired, I'm never doing another pageant. <laughs> exactly. Because like you said, after you do a national pageant, you're like, I'm good, I'm done. So that's exactly what it was like. Um, but I mean, like I said, the opportunity came. And so again, I had three months to prepare and I was like, ooh, what am I gonna do with all this, you know, extra unhealthy weight? Like, I'm not talking about healthy weight, unhealthy weight that I have gained <laughs> in this year of doing nothing. So I was hitting keto so hard. Um, I was super disciplined with it that when I went there, I was still 
um, doing the keto and I end up losing over the course of the month. Um, but I don't think I was quite where I wanted to be or quite ready um, for the competition in the way I I wanted to be. Um, and that's not by anyone else's standards. Like, you know, when you, how you want to be your best um, and feel your best. And so I don't, I don't feel like I was actually there when the competition began. I would say that through the, throughout the course of the competition, I continued to like grow and it was like a continual process of preparation. So I won't say I achieved that level of grounding before it started and in like the first maybe week or so, but I think throughout the process, I started to find my flow and it was definitely a learning process, but I started to feel so confident um, by the time that the final came around that, that um, you know, I just felt amazing. And so um, the outcome no longer mattered to me. I was just so excited to hit the stage next to all of my pageant sisters, um, just performing, you know, performing my heart out. And then you end up placing to um, in some of the categories. You got top two and top twenty in like the photogenic competition as well. Too. So yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, that was exciting for me, um, especially because I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> so I was really, really excited about that. Um, and the talent competition was, I would say that was probably one of my favorites. I had been feeling actually really sick um, before the talent competition, um, before the preliminary talent competition. And like the day before, like I was just, you know, at, at my limits as far as like, you know, how I felt, um, but somehow I like mustered up the energy and um, was able to give a really great performance. It was probably all the energy I had left in me for the day. And, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with the director. He said, you know, if you, if you don't feel good enough tonight to go on, you don't have to. And I was like, no, I'm gonna do this. Like, I'm gonna do this because when you're there, it's not even about you just yourself anymore. Like, I really felt like I was doing it for Team Jamaica. And so that's what I came to do. I came to, you know, um, contribute this, this particular dance piece for Team Jamaica. And it was just such a great feeling being able to finally like do it and, and get through it and feel good. Aww, I love that. Well, I don't want to keep asking you too many questions and have you not take a sip. Um, but I want to say that you did look super gorgeous. I loved your gown. I remember the it was silver. I remember you took a picture. I think all you guys took a picture like on a couch or like. Oh, we did. Mm -hmm. She was bomb. You looked gorgeous doing it. Thank you. Um, yeah, super national. I would say I, I met a lot of incredible girls. I learned a lot. Um, one of the benefits I think about international pageantry that I didn't get just from national pageants um, was getting a chance to experience the world, not just through travel, but through the eyes of the other pageant contestants. Um, when you start to learn about other people's cultures, uh, when you start to you know learn about their customs and experience them on a on a daily basis, especially for a month, it really gives you a, a completely different outlook. And and I started to get the, those feelings of gratitude again. So it was awesome. And besides that, like who doesn't want to go to another country and be escorted around as a pageant girl? Like it's incredible. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like a month long vacation. Exactly, exactly. I mean, yes, you are in a competition, but you really have fun. We have a lot of fun. Right. Do you think it's harder yeah. to compete in a pageant for a month or compete in a pageant for a week? 
Definitely a month. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a whole month, yes. Um, you, you guys know, or did you have competition for that whole month or was everything first that last week? No, throughout the month. I want to say like after our, like maybe our second days was the sashing ceremony. And then after that, uh, maybe the following week, I think we did a preliminary swimwear competition. And then a few days later, um, evening wear preliminary. Oh, wow. Talent oh, wow. was somewhere in between. So they really break it up and you're competing over the course of, you know, three whole weeks leading up to the final. Um, so when talking about your, you know, being on top of your P's and Q's, it's really true. You know what I mean? You are, you have to be your best self before each and every one um, when they're, when they're spaced out like that. Oh, I love it. Um, so now you're going to this planet international in Cambodia. Yeah. What is your, when is the pageant? Um, so it, was supposed to be in March. Uh, they've had to postpone it quite a few times because of COVID. Um, and so now it's going to be pushed later this year. We don't have a date at quite as yet, so it's um, to be announced at the moment. But they've spoken, the director has spoken to the Com Cambodian government and it's definitely going to happen. It's just that we keep growing the, in the amount of contestants we have. So now we're up to 85 countries being represented at Miss Planet International. And so they want to make sure that all of the consulates are open and, and everyone is able to, to get there, basically, in order to compete. Um, but I'm super excited. That's another thing. I didn't expect to get the opportunity to be Miss Planet Jamaica, um, especially because there was you know, a title holder um, previously, but I think there was a there was something that happened in a transfer of directorship or a transition in between directorship, um, and so because of COVID and the cancellation and everything, um, you know, my my supranational director was actually asked, even though he's not the director, he was asked to select a delegate um, to compete at Miss Planet International. And um, he said he he couldn't think of, you know, anyone he would, he else he would choose but me at the moment. So um, he, he selected me. And so once again, my pageant director selected me to be a Miss Jamaica. And now this is my second time having the honor to represent, you know, on an international stage, which is absolutely crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you would do just well. We are going to sit and follow your journey. And then when you come back, you know, she can come on the show to let us know kind of how it was and how Cambodia was. Whenever that Yes, is. definitely. Yes. <laughs> And so um, why you are on here today is about your um, pageant prep course you have coming up on March yeah. 7th. Can you tell us a little bit more about, well, because obviously we now know that you're very, in, um, what's the one I'm looking for? You're very um, knowledgeable of how to compete internationally and how to compete. Because it sounds like every pageant you competed in, you placed or won for the most part. Yes. So, <laughs> dominating. So um, when it comes to your um, event, can you just tell us what it is and uh, what's your goal behind it? Yes, absolutely. So I'm really excited. This is actually in partnership with the Miss World organization in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, okay. And so excited about that because um, I'll get a chance to work with the Miss World USVI contestants um, before their upcoming pageant, actually. Um, they're having a, an, a pageant later on this year as well 
to select, of course, to, to you know, crown their queen going to represent USVI at Miss World. And so in the meantime, I get to host um, this pageant planning workshop, not just in their benefit, but also to benefit anyone who not just is a pageant competitor, but also just wants to um, learn tips about how to feel their most beautiful, polished and confident self. I can say that pageantry really helped me develop my self-confidence and, um, you know, bring myself to a level of polish that I always wanted to have, um, but I didn't quite know how to attain. And um, that's what I'm hoping to do. So my goal is just to um, give a 90 minute workshop that's, you know, pretty thorough as far as the different areas of competition are concerned, especially for international pageantry, but also cover things like um, appearance prep, right? This includes speaking engagements and public speaking tips, super important because we know that now beauty queens can't just be beautiful. We have to be really great advocates and spokesmodels as well. So we're gonna cover public speaking skills. Those are skills that people need in everyday life. Um, we're gonna cover walk because I feel like when you walk with a presence, you've already set, uh, set a tone for the entire room when you enter. Um, so we're gonna cover walk and uh, we'll cover some other some other tips like how to feel confident in a swimsuit, of course, for our <laughs> girls who are having their swimsuit competitions, but also, you know, for the ladies who just wanna hit the beach in, in you know, a nice little swimsuit after this whole COVID thing is done and they wanna feel good about themselves. <laughs> and so how can contestants um, get more information about to join you on the call, on a Zoom call? And have absolutely. You and and what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Oh yes. Um. So, uh, you can reach out to me on either my Facebook or my Instagram page. Um. At Tanil Watkiss for Instagram. Tanil Simone Watkiss for Facebook. Um. And in my bio on Instagram, there is a link tree and you can just click on the link tree and it's the first link at the top to the Eventbrite page where you can register. Right now we're having early, early bird ticket sales. So it's super discounted at the moment. And then early bird, um, the price goes up a little bit. And then um, there's gen the usual general admission, um, which is the usual cost. So there are limited tickets at the first two levels. So I would say, you know, register as soon as you can to lock in a discount. Um, and any, anything else, like if it's just overall, um, you know, advice or wanting to know how to prepare any coaching or anything like that that you're interested in, reach out to me, either of those two platforms. Um, I respond very quickly. And so I'd love to chat with anybody who's interested, but I'm really looking forward to having people attend the workshop because we'll definitely be giving out some gems. And it's on March 7th for those who are listening. Um, today's February 17th, so you have some time to go ahead and get those nice yes. early Christmas sales. Yes, Sunday, March 7th. It's going to be at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time um, from 6 to 7.30. Um, like I said, 90 minutes. And I don't know where else you're going to get a 90-minute workshop of intensive pageant prep coverage right. for right. what it's going for. So trust me, um, it's definitely a deal. And I think you're going to get some good, some great stuff out of it. Are you able to give us like a little sneak peek or just some tips or something to kind of leave us with before I let you go? Uh, I will say that, um, you know, when it comes to being polished, less is more. 
less is more. I'm gonna definitely give some tips, especially when it comes to makeup and hair. I say that because at first when I was at Super National, let me tell you, I thought I had to be a makeup artist, okay? I thought I had to come with full entire couture model face beat, cut crease, eye makeup, all of that. And all of that was not necessary. So that's all I'll leave you with, but I will say less is more, hold on to that. <laughs> all right. Well, I love that. I, you know, I need to make this myself because all I really know how to do is. Mm, I think I, I know what color lip I like. It's like the purple. And yeah. That's pretty much it. And I, I have a really easy eyebrow tool that I kind of work with, and I feel like mm -hmm. I fail. Like my right eyebrow looks way better every single time. <laughs> always. <laughs> There's always one better than the other. Yes, it's like I just a mess sometimes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, oh, God, no, I was going to say that that's me, but that's okay. They don't have to be twins as long as they're like cousins. Even cousins are good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I love that. And for more information, I will post the link as well down below in the description of this video. So, Neil, I appreciate it. Is there anything else you wanted to add or speak about? Um, I also just wanted to say for anyone who is unsure about whether or not to enter pageants, anyone overthinking it and thinking to themselves, um, you know, I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. I'm not good enough to do it. I promise you all those same thoughts used to go through my head. And what quieted them was my grandmother telling me this saying she always said, what I feel can't unfeel, which means what is for you is always yours. And thanks to that saying, it has gotten me to where I am now. So push yourself and just do it. Is that, is that Jamaican? Yes, it is. It's Patois. Okay. Okay. I knew yep. what, I, knew, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> what is it again? Uh, what's it again? Uh, in Patois? Yeah. What I feel can feel. Mm. Yes. So. But uh, <laughs> I'll put that in the description. That's probably like a good um, title for the video as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Absolutely. What's for you is always yours. Um, it's just, it's so true. It's so, so true. Um, and you'll never, I mean, you'll always have, you'll always regret the what ifs, but you will never regret actually just going out and trying the thing you wanted to try. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I hope you guys, if you guys are listening, get some encouragement from Tonil. We love watching your journey, or I love watching your journey. And I cannot wait to see you compete in Cambodia. Thank you so much for coming on, especially so last minute. I love yes. you for that. Absolutely. And thank you so much. And I just want to say again, congrats. I can't stop congratulating you enough because, um, you know, you're pageant director now, you're Miss Earth Illinois. That's you. I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I, I see the things that all of us from um, MBUSA class of 2016 are doing. And we are doing amazing things. So I am very proud of us. Thank you. We are. We all are doing amazing things. A lot of I think are some of my friends through the internet. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's stalking or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I feel like we're all like very closely connected. It was a really good, it was really good pageant. You know, yeah, it was. It was. And he went to the White House. Like, how many other days to the White House? And it was, it was incredible. I'm sorry, us on the White House steps in those purple dresses, iconic. Nobody can tell me anything else. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> God! Wait, so that picture, I do not like my face, and I see it everywhere. 
And I was like, cause it was hot. And I remember like, we took tapes and I was like, why does this the tape that, I look angry. I look, there's something like that. This is a picture mm -hmm. that would be used. <laughs> yep, it was like 95 degrees. It was so hot. <laughs> And we was in a dark color, we saw purples too. And we, in, in tippy tops, like we hadn't been in tippy tops the whole week. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's experience. And it was during the Obama era too. So that was like yes. a true blessing. Yes. Well, Tony, have a great night. Thank you. Let's go ahead and cheers as she closes out. Thank you guys. And I always appreciate you. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. We have even more tips coming for you from a social media specialist and an accountant as well. So stay tuned for those. But until next episode, peace and cheers. I'll physically cheers you tomorrow. <laughs>